Hello, everybody. Um, no, you're not hearing this wrong. Uh, no theme song yet because we're doing an interview. It's been a while since we've had an interview here on this or on this particular podcast, and we're having guests. Yes, guests with an S at the end. We have two guests with me here at this time, and we're going to be talking about, among other things, books. Uh, so please join me in welcoming at this time, Crystal Fleming. Yay. <laughs> and wrestler Joe E. Legend. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. So um, before we dive deep into this, uh, how did you two meet? Joe, this Joe. one's yours. Okay. Um, I had done a TV series in england for itv called celebrity wrestling and then an offshoot show called bring it on um it was me d'lo brown and roddy piper and um i trained six celebrities d'lo trained six celebrities we gave them wrestling gimmicks and they did kind of an american gladiators games against each other mm -hmm. to my credit my team won men's women's and overall championship i do have the trophy in the next room here but um after that, I was kind of like, I'd, I'd been wrestling a good long time, been a lot of countries and done a lot of things, but I was kind of looking more to get into the, you know, into film work. And um, I was monkeying around on online and I found, I think it was on LinkedIn, actually. Yeah, it was. And I saw a Crystal and she'd mentioned in her bio there that she was an author and involved in different levels of TV and film and stuff like that. So I just contacted her and said, yeah, if you have anything, you know, I'm interested. And she'd mentioned in her bio something about being a wrestling fan. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, this is a per if, if, I'm, if I'm a wrestler trying to get into more film work, this is probably somebody I should get in touch with then. And I did. And she messaged me back. And we just kind of, gosh, it's what, 10 years ago, 12 years yeah. ago, something like that? Yeah, about that. Yeah. Because I, I just done one PW when you messaged me. Right. That's probably why you had the wrestling thing mentioned yeah because i i i done i just finished off with vince russo i left vince russo's uh website and then i had teamed up with one pw for a weekend show and then i'd had probably a bad taste in my mouth after that show came came home and then you messaged me right after because you kind of yeah. like saved my love of wrestling at that point <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh so it shouldn't be too hard on vince i like vince no, no, I'm not hurt on Vince. It's just, it wasn't Vince's fault. It was just we had a difference of a opinion. Sure, you know? that's understandable. Yeah, it is. And, yeah, that's that's basically how it all kind of that's how it it worked. It was yeah. through the miracle of the internet. Yes, and Crystal being excessively into wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um. So now that we've got the backstory, um. Mm -hmm. Crystal, what got you interested in writing, just in general? I was an Apache dancer. Um, I was about 13. Um, my friend comes to me and she goes, I need you to write a story because none of this dance stuff's working. We need a story. And I'd grown up being force-fed raven stuff by my dance partner. And so I started creating the characters and I started creating the storylines for the, for our performances. I broke my neck. I think I was 18. I broke my neck in a bad move. 
and I had to be out for a while and I started sort of working with different folks and they introduced me to authors and the next thing I knew I was doing books I was interning with Vince Russo I worked as an intern at Eric Bischoff's reality show for a bit and then I got sucked into the whole kind of writing scene from that point on Hmm. all right um I I do know from talking with Crystal in the past uh she does have a number of books out how many how many books have you written up to this point gosh um Joe can you remember the total oh gosh it's <laughs> the thing is that there's so many that you've written but also so many in like stages of development I'm not sure how many have actually been finalizing out yeah I think you're, it's close to like I honestly going yeah, I mean, because that's the thing. Like, I've never kept count. It's almost like when you sleep with a girl, you don't keep count. Mm. Um, at least that's how I look on it. Um, so I would say it's probably about 12, give okay. or take. Um, but we're, because we've signed with this new company, we're relaunching old and we're putting out new stuff for the first time. Um, because Joe and me just found out Marie's World is relaunching on August the 21st. And we are going to do all 64 books of that series. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I think we're trying to do it in three years, aren't we, Joe? Yeah, that's the thing. A, a book a month. Yeah. Wow. That's going to that's gonna kill me. Because it's, <laughs> it's me that's got to sit and do the edits. <laughs> right. Okay, so, um, so let, let's talk about um, your new book that's coming okay. out. Um, where does the idea of this book come from? This one's gonna go to Joe. <laughs> well, this this whole thing was your baby. I mean, I was you, when when we talked initially, you yeah. started telling me about the idea of the whole Russell romance connection thing, mm -hmm. and you gave me kind of the framework of it. And I was like, okay, well, you know, you've got the romance thing covered. You've got all that the rest of it covered. Um, but I kind of had to come in and tidy up the the wrestling thing. Yeah, the rest I mean, of the I... aspect of it to make it more, you know, plausible towards what the business actually is, as opposed to what people's perceptions are. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. When we Go met, ahead. when we met, I had I'd only ever written one wrestling show, or a wrestling weekend, I should say. And then I I don't believe in writing wrestling scenes because I I've not been in the ring. I've never taken a bump. I don't plan on it, despite my co-authors' hints, <laughs> but um i kind of just wanted it to be realistic i wanted wrestling fans and wrestlers to be able to understand it with me being an apache dancer apache is kind of like what was it we we called it when when i showed you apache didn't you say it was kind of like wrestling i i saw there, there was definite connections to what wrestling is for sure yeah so i mean apache was like you know it's very physical you're not actually making contact, but people believe you're making contact. They believe that there's a fight between a woman and a man and you're doing all these tricks and flips and stuff. And so I kind of thought blending the two worlds would be really cool. And of course, my friends had put together the main characters that you see in the book. Like Marie is my dance character. Um, Layla is my best friend's dance character. And Joe kind of came in to figure out how we would blend the wrestling and the dancing together. And he came up with Charlie. 
and the fact that Charlie is the father of Marie and Layla. You can explain Charlie because I never do him justice ever. Huh. Well, Charlie's kind of like he's kind of uh, you, you can't call him traditional. He wants he's a guy who wants to be traditional, but his lifestyle makes it impossible because he was a wrestler. He was on the road. He couldn't be the traditional, you know, leave the house at eight, come home at five type dad. And so, you know, one of his daughters is desperate for dad's approval. The other one's kind of bitter at dad for not being there. So Charlie's trying to win them both back over as his kids without stepping on their lives too much. They're involved in wrestling. He's a wrestler. That's why he was on the road. And um, he tries to protect them because wrestling could be a pretty shifty and shady business, Mm -hmm. especially like independently, at least with WWE, they've got stockholders and stuff that you got to, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, you got to answer to and stuff. And I mean, that's ultimately why, you know, they, they've had to let people go for backstage shenanigans that shouldn't have happened. Whereas on the indies, you know, terrible things happen all the time. Just nobody can say anything. So yeah. they're, they're kind of involved in a higher level indie scene, mm-hmm. as it were. And so he's trying to protect them while trying to protect his spot because, you know, he wants to, he, he obviously wants to keep a spot and, you know, keep making a living. But at the same time, if he, if he opens his mouth too much to protect his daughters, he risks cutting his own throat in the business. So he's a guy kind of dragged in 10 directions at once, but just trying to ultimately um, be the dad he couldn't have been years ago. Yeah. And I, I what I love about the characters in it is they are very 3D. We made them very 3D. So Marie's kind of the angry one. She's in a secret relationship with the wrestling promoters, technically. Um, mm-hmm. So she's sort of uh, married to Harold, and Harold and her have this entire back relationship thing going on. And Layla basically steals all her journals and publishes them to the world. Mm. And that is by, technically, that's Charlie's fault because Charlie gives them to her. So we do kind of blame Charlie for a lot of the uh, the breaking of the relationship between twins. And Marie is a lot like Charlie. She has this desire to protect her twin and she will do anything for her twin. Um, but she's in such a bad position because her, she can't ignore her husband anymore. Her estranged husband is is back in her life. And so she can't go away and do all the things she was doing because he wants control of her again and he wants to control the narrative of the new media story and that's really how we kick off the first sort of book in the series um but the way that we've designed the series is spider webs it's a very spider web sort of experience so different books will give you different perspectives of the, the main characters that it revolves around um do you want to talk a little bit about Purslin and harold and how we we came to write those people. Uh, yeah. Well, the thing is, I, I, I'm hesitant to name names. Well, no, I mean, it's just to do with the book series. It's nothing yeah. to do with anything else. Yeah, I know, but they're based on people we know. Well, I suppose, yeah. Yeah. We we so used real wrestlers as, as influences behind mm-hmm. the scenes. And um, they're, they're good friends and stuff, and we've taken certain aspects of their characters, obviously, and exaggerated them. Yeah, and I'm I'm just concerned that my buddies are going to think that I, you know, I, I think the worst of them, or that I'm trying to push the worst of them when I'm not. I'm just trying to, you know, keep it interesting. And, you know, somebody sitting and watching cartoons in the afternoon isn't interesting. I've got to 
lead in the direction of something a little more outrageous in order to keep people interested. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to necessarily uh, crap on them in that word, way. Like, no, because, we're not like, crapping at least, at least Harold. Like, Harold, yeah. um, he's... See, I, like I said, I don't want to lead anybody in the wrong direction. I want to make them feel better. Um, Harold is a guy who the character of Harold, not the the real guy, the character yeah. of Harold is very self absorbed. Mm-hmm. He's like he's got his eyes on the prize. Everything's you know the ends justify the means. I'll do whatever it takes to be the top guy, to be the to run things, to be the boss. He's a control freak, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and he's not necessarily concerned about the collateral damage along the way. But I would say that the softer side to Harold is that he does absolutely love Marie. And he goes kind of out of his way, in a way, kind of even hurts himself a little bit to have this girl that he did not think he'd fall in love with or marry, but did. And then it's kind of like he has his own twisting story of, being sort of pulled between do I give myself completely to wrestling or do I give myself completely to her? And it's almost like that pulling apart sensation he goes through. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Perslin, he's he's so loyal and he's so morally driven. But yeah, being a- Harold's brother is like, I would say it's torture to him. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, well, he's he's trying to... He admires his brother, but he he also sees the flaws in his brother, and he's always trying to kind of fix the problems of his brother before people see what those flaws are. Yeah. He's trying to almost protect the image of his brother because he believes the image of his brother is is what he kind of is drawn to. Yeah. But then the the kind of the funny part about Perthlin is he ends up falling in love with Marie over the series as well. And that kind of collates a whole other conflict because now he kind of feels guilty because he's in love with his brother's wife. Right. But at the same time, he's done stuff to his brother's wife that damages their relationship. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a she's terrified of him. Would you agree with that? Like Marie's terrified of Perthlin? Um, I don't know. If, I, I'm terrified is, might be too strong a word. She's definitely cautious about him and she's yeah. She's uneasy about him. She's not sure what direction he's going. There's yeah. always a big question mark over her head whenever he's around. Yeah. And the, the lovely thing that I like is every time Charlie is even within arm's reach of either Purslin or Harold, he's always fighting them. Always. Mm. And those are the best scenes Joe's ever written. It's just the, the conflict with those two guys and the fight scenes he comes up with is absolutely amazing. Mm. so okay so i guess this goes to my or it's going to go into my next question which is because you have a mix of obviously wrestling and romance novel kind of put in the one how how has the books been taken in both communities both the wrestling community and the romance novel communities well, I'll take the romance side because I'm sort of really tapped into that side. And Joe, do you want to take the wrestling side? I can do. Okay, well, you go uh, first. The, the wrestling side, the wrestling side, by and large, um, anybody of the people I've shown it to have all been kind of like um, 
they find it relatable because you know like people mm-hmm. look at wrestling and they see the characters on tv and then they think oh now they're all gonna go have a beer afterwards and everything's fine but they don't understand like there's there's as much backstage drama between characters off camera as there is on camera and i mean any in any office place has the other backstage politics and stuff like that so when they see this they see it it's not just kind of like what you would see like on an episode i remember they had hulk hogan and mr t on an episode of the a team Mm -hmm. and there was all this backstage stuff and it was all you know hogan walks around wearing a weightlifting belt all day long and it's just it's absurd you know it's it's this cartoon of what the wrestling business is and most guys i know from in the business have looked at it and said you know this is a lot like what we deal with day to day this is this represents more of what the real backstage is as opposed to the idealized yeah and from the robot side of things it's been very interesting because when we started doing this, sports romance was not a thing. It hadn't really broke through into the mainstream. But by Joe and me working the way that we have, we've raised attention to like sports is actually sellable and sports romance is really sellable as long as you get the balance between the actual romance of the two people and then what they do as a sport, but not focusing entirely on the sport. So it's it's changing minds. I mean, I'm I'm getting a lot of um requests to go in and talk to different schools, different colleges, do different talks for writers groups and stuff. And the, the, most of the reactions I get from like romance, I mean, I'm talking best-selling novelists now who come on my show, they will come on and say, "Oh my gosh, we never saw wrestling in that kind of way." But being able to show that, you know, for instance, there's one wrestler in my head right now has no idea that he had a natural sex appeal to women. He always kind of was very much like, Oh yeah, whatever. But because of the way he looked, the way he dressed, the way that he had his tattoos placed, it made women curious. It drew women in. And I'm seeing that response from the romance industry. And we are starting to get invites for like, rare which is here in the uk it's one of the biggest romance conventions in the world we're getting invitations to the romance association in australia and in america and now in the uk so it's it's growing we're starting to break down the glass ceilings with that and i mean i i couldn't have done it if i hadn't worked with joe and i definitely couldn't have done it if i hadn't spent time at russo's office or i'd listened to bischoff i would never have gotten any of that together Mm. So um, I know we had talked about it uh, off air before we started, but um, I believe you have a date for the first book. Is that correct? Yeah. So Marie's World comes out August 21st, um, which is the first book in the 64 book series. Uh, We have Summer of Him out currently, which Joe's not the biggest fan of Summer of Him. Uh, Summer of Him is already being relaunched. It's out there. I've started doing tours and stuff with that. And we've, or I've signed the option and writer's agreement to do a rom-com, wrestling rom-com film. So yeah, that's a thing. And Joe's going to explain the wrestling rom-com film. (laughs) I'm totally treating this on you. Because if I screw uh, up, you know who's going to get on at me. So, <laughs> well, once again, I don't want to. You don't want to give away too much. You don't want to have spoilers. But I mean, no. 
you know, you, you know the standard kind of rom-com format, right? Mm-hmm. Guy meets girl, guy loses girl, guy wins girl, wins girl back at the end. You know, they have trouble in the middle and away it goes. Um, I would say, like, I'm a monster fan of Rocky. I'm the biggest yeah. fan of Rocky. Well, I think that is your best sports romance thing ever. And I actually had to explain that to my missus because we went to see it was a Rocky musical here in Germany. And yeah, it was, it was fantastic. It was so good. And she's, she's not like a Stallone fan, whereas I'm a monster Stallone fan. So we, when we were, mm-hmm. I said, you got to watch the movie so you know what the hell's going on. Yeah. So we watched the movie and uh, during the course of it, um, you know, I'm a big grin on my face. I'm kind of looking at the corner of my eye at her the whole time. We get near the end. I'm like, ah, ah, what do you think? And she's like, I don't understand. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, there's only three th- things you think. There's only three stories you could ever tell. Man against man, man against himself, man against his environment. And that movie has all three crescendo brilliantly at the end. And the, the turning point was the romance. It was when he met Adrian. He was a bum. He was breaking thumbs from the mob. He meets Adrian. And all of a sudden, the big break of his life, Apollo offers him the fight. Everything worked out well. And the, fin- the film pretty much ends on the I love you in, in the ring what's not to understand? And she's like, he mumbles. I don't understand what he's saying. So, oh yeah. <laughs> in, that case, in that case, yeah, I get you. Um, but the point is, is that it, it was like, as much as, you know, Rocky's an action film and you, as soon as you watch the film, you want to go out and hit the gym and it's, it's you know, it's so inspiring. But at the same time, it's very much a romance film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And the, the thread of the romance, I mean, you go right through Rocky three, he was, you know, Mr. T beat the hell out of him. Um, he's training like a bum. Adrian gives him the talk on the beach and all of a sudden he, he fights like a champion and becomes champ again. Right. Mm-hmm. So the idea of our thing is this to try and, and I want to say, I want to have that kind of inspirational story along the way, but I think there'll be because crystals, you know, so involved, obviously. The, Not the, by choice on this one, actually. <laughs> there, there will be more attention on the romance side of it. No, but I, I am a big fan of comedies and stuff like that. So I think there's a, a lot of room for humor along the way. I mean, yeah. how many silly things happen on a date that you end up laughing about, you know, years later, remember when this happened and I spilled my drink or whatever, you know, some silly little thing, but humor is a huge part. I mean, when people say, what, well, what are they looking for in a partner? It's always like sense of humor. Yeah. So I think adding that element to it uh, goes a long way. Because I'm 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 doing the script and I'm working with a script doctor, I can safely say we've leaned quite heavily into the comedy. Um, yeah. I think when you watch it, you will get that old nostalgic wrestling feeling in your gut mm-hmm. because you will you'll hear some wrestling terminology that has not been spoken in a long time, um, but you also get the explanation of it as well. You also get that kind of it's almost like attitude era behind the scenes, to be honest with you. Okay. But it's got a lot a bit more comedy into it. Um, you know, there is some gritty fight scenes. There's some really great storytelling that goes into that. And we have some really great 3D characters. And I think the humor of describe the attitude era. Yeah, and, and that that's exactly what it what it feels like when I when I read it and when I'm working with the person that I am working with. Um there is so many times when I read it, Joe is like literally the face in my head that I see, um, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> but, um, no. well, no, it's, it's, I get like, 
I remember you in TNA, and it's like I get flashes of you in TNA <laughs> whenever uh, we're writing certain parts, and I don't know why, but it, that's just the way it is. Right. Um, but yeah, it's so funny. I mean, there's been most nights that when when I'm writing with this person, I am literally doing everything I can to deadpan the comedy so that I can actually get it written down <laughs> before I lose it. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a very funny film. I would say right now the comparisons that we've had for it from the people that's read it is it's more romantic than fighting with the family, but it's definitely more funny as well than that. Would you agree, Joe? Um, well, I, I would I would say that, but I haven't seen fighting with my family, so I can't say for sure. <laughs> can't believe you've still not watched that yet. Well, I no, no, just well. The thing is, is that I know them. I know the Knight family. I've stayed at their place. I, you know, yeah. I've known Soraya since she was like a teeny tiny little girl. Yeah. Um. So I'm hesitant to watch something where somebody else is playing them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's going to seem insincere to me because I know the real people. So yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to come away from it going, "Oh, I judge them." You know, like <laughs> that isn't true. It, it winds up kind of. I don't know. I. I I'm you don't want to spoil your memory. Yeah. Yeah. I only watched I it because um, a friend of mine said, you got to watch it. And I, I was at their house and they stuck it on. And I'm like, no, I don't want to see this. And then <laughs> they kind of forced me into it. And it, it's kind of like when I was growing up, obviously TNA was a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, we used to, when I was like six and seven, we used to sneak ECW tapes. Uh, which which my brother actually reminded me of the other day. Um, and my brother was a huge fan of a couple of wrestlers that's in ECW. And he's actually a big fan of Joe as well, which I just found oh. out. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, he used to watch TNA and never told me. <laughs> oh. So yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, like I grew up on wrestling. Uh, we, I nearly ended up in wrestling. I went to a guy to go into wrestling and it, it didn't work out. And then, you know, I ended up in the Apache instead. However, I do think I probably might have been taken a little bit more better care of if I'd been in wrestling compared to the dancing. I don't think I'd have broke my neck the way I did if I'd been in a ring compared to, you know, doing the dance stuff. Um, And I always say that to Joe, like if, if I'd been in the dance hold and I knew I was going out of it, Joe would have protected me rather than just do what my dance partner did and throw me into a table. Um. <laughs> So yeah, would you agree with that, Joe? Do you think I'd have been better protected? Uh, well, I, I can only speak from the wrestlers' perspective. We most wrestlers take pride in the fact that you know we try to walk out of the ring mm -hmm. in about as good a condition as we walked in, and we have a responsibility to take care of the person we're with. Yeah, yeah. There are some people who are just out there to kind of get themselves over and screw anybody else, but those people are rare. They usually get kind of you know thrashed out of the, the business. Dark. Yeah, yeah. But overall, yeah, I, I would say that just because I have, I can only speak from the wrestler's perspective that I can say, yeah, you would have been protected. Yeah. And it, it's kind of like a funny story because like when I looked back at all the injuries I had in dancing, I mean, I literally had my shoulder dislocated, I think, eight times. Holy I broke. Cow. Yeah, I broke my ribs twice. I had my nose broken at least four times. So when I compare that, all the injuries I had from that, and then I look at like a lot of what my wrestling friends have done, I'm like, 
damn, I picked the wrong thing to get into. <laughs> I'd have made more money as well, which would have, you know, which probably would have been better. Right. But I don't think Joe would have been too happy to find a 13-year-old girl in wrestling, though. No, it's way too young for real to get involved. Well, anybody really, even young yeah. young boys, they can work out and stuff. But it's it's such a I don't know, the business is such a way that I think you you have to have a certain level of maturity, or you wind up stunted in your maturity. Yeah, yeah, and I I think for for me, like I started going into the dance scene at thirteen, and I quickly learned you couldn't be modest in dancing. There was no such thing in our in our kind of side of things. Uh, we worked in nightclubs, strip clubs, uh, anywhere that would hire us, essentially. Um, and when I look at my debauchery stories and I kind of listen to the the boys and some of the, their stories, I think, holy crap, are they kind of tamer compared to what we were doing? <laughs> you know, a 13-year-old dancing in like a bra and very short skirts was kind of our thing. And then I look at, you know, the wrestling side and I think, yeah, God, we were a bit tame. We were a bit too wild, and that would have been tamer. Yeah, but even, still... even with wrestling, even with wrestling, the amount mm-hmm. of weird places I've had to wrestle, I've wrestled in strip clubs. I've yeah. wrestled, uh, wrestled in a whorehouse. I wrestled. <laughs> I love that. Legitimately, because it's a legitimate, it's a legitimate thing over here in Germany, and this this big cat house was uh, re. They had new ownership, and they have a nightclub in the in the lobby. And so we went and ran a wrestling show in the lobby and they used it to get press for for the, the new ownership. Yeah. Uh, I also wrestled in a red light district. We had a big outdoor beach show at a red light district here in Hanover. Um, I wrestled at a nudist colony in Canada. No, nobody was nude, but it's a nudist colony. <laughs> I would, I would have thought that would have been funny if they had actually asked you to wrestle nude. I think that would have been funny. Uh, it was easy heat for me because I just I wore a mask. Ah, I go. wore a mask and uh, got on the mic ahead of time and said, "The only reason I'm wearing this mask is because I don't want my mother to know that I was wrestling in front of a bunch of perverts." And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> "It was just easy heat, right?" Like I don't give a good be naked. I don't give a shit. But <laughs> it really, really upset the crowd. Got me the heat I wanted. Right. But it was weird sitting there before the show, or even during the show, because I was up in the main event, so I had all night to kill. So I was sitting out in the audience because since I'm wearing a mask, nobody would come up and like I wouldn't interrupt the show. I wouldn't draw attention away from the show. So I went and just sat down and watched and see what the audience was getting into. And then I'm sitting there and I just kind of look out the window beside me and there's a big fat old naked guy walking past like a Monty Python movie. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> oh, right. This is nudist colony. Right. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, wrestling has no scruples. <laughs> oh, but come on. I mean, if we'd cross paths. Because I nearly actually did cross paths with a few wrestlers when I was in the dance scene. Uh, we were working a strip club in, I want to say it was Manchester. I got concussion this night, so I'm not so clear on it. But we were in Manchester and we were in a strip club and I knew there was a wrestling show just down the road. And one of our rules for dancing, you know, street dancing and the stuff we were building at the time was you couldn't get you couldn't get caught at a wrestling show because they would... You know, it was like their fans are separate from our fans and all this kind of crap. And so Derek said to me, he's like, we should sneak into the wrestling show. And this was sort of like kind of before we were supposed to go on. We had a two two sets that we had to do. So we went down 
and we snuck in one of the back doors because one of the back doors was open and I can't even remember who was wrestling which is kind of sad though he stood in the back of the crowd and Derek turned to me and he goes we should be doing this look how much more people are in here compared to what we are performing in our our neck of the woods we went back to the strip club the strip club had about 200 people in it that night that we were performing for the wrestling show had closer to three 300 400 people and he was just like yeah this this is insane and that was like one of the first times that we thought about jumping ship but we never did you know we never did because any wrestling people we talked to had kind of put us off i suppose like mm-hmm. they didn't want us to come in um and that's my biggest regret like i th- if i could you know like I've, I've always said this to joe like one of the things I want to do before I completely retire from performing and everything is I want to valet for Joe once, just once. And then that way I've done everything that right. I want to do as a performer. However, I don't think Joe's too much into that idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not really my, it's not my I'm putting you on the spot for this one. <laughs> oh, no, no. That's oh, up no. to the what it wants to do. Depends on if it works for the, for the show. Yeah, exactly. Right. But though it's it's funny because it's kind of like we're doing tongue in cheek because we've been writing for so many years together, and then you know how he'd get booed for having a romance author welcome to the ring. There's no like I have no dial on that one. <laughs> so yeah, all right. Um, I kind of want to end the interview on this question because okay. Crystal, you live in England. Joe, you live in Germany. Uh, Scotland. A uh, Scotland. Sorry. Um, the success over the last several years of wrestling in Europe in general. Um, Money in the Bank was over the weekend yep. in London. Uh, AEW is going to be in London at the end of August. They've already have like an $8 million gate. Yep. Um, how have the two of you uh, not only for Joe as a wrestler, but both of you as fans, how have you seen wrestling become so popular in Europe? Because it, I don't feel like it's talked about as much here in the United States as it should be, because I think it, it's so interesting, you know, the different cultures of mm-hmm. fans and, and just how how successful it's been, especially these last several years. Do you want to go first, Joe, and then I can I can add in what I know from my side of the world? Okay. Um, wrestling, the amazing thing about wrestling is that it's everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. I'm 46 countries into the job. And, you know, I if I were to go to a class reunion, I probably wouldn't because most of the people I really, you know, was tight with in high school, I'm still in touch with today. So I just hang out with them anyway. But if I were to go to a high school reunion, you know, you'd have people saying, you know, because I'm from Scarborough in Toronto, Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, they would say something along the lines of, oh, yeah, I went went down to, you know, Buffalo and saw a Buffalo Bills game. And um, I was like, really? I was in Moscow, <laughs> right? <laughs> I got in, a, I got in a, a high-speed car chase through the streets of Johannesburg. Um, shoot, I was, I've been to Kuwait a couple times. I've been to Japan 15 times. I can, you know, I've been to the UK 139 times. Um, yep. You know, I, I, I can, I can comfortably say, that, wow, I, how, how many other people can say stuff like that? 
It's amazing. I went to like Nigeria. Who would have thought wrestling would be in Nigeria? Like mm-hmm. a baseball player will probably be in Canada and the States mostly, maybe through the Dominican and, and through the, the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. But overall, that's kind of a North American thing. Soccer is more Europe, Europe yeah. and South America, yeah. and less in in the States and Canada. It's it's growing in the States and Canada, but it is. It's not what you know. It's not what it is over over here. It's a religion, like soccer here. Oh God, yeah. Canada, just people are you know sworn to it. Um, but wrestling's been able to take me everywhere because everywhere has its own unique culture, and if you can tap into the culture, it it works. Mm-hmm. And I find that with uh, the wrestling over here in the in Europe, I mean, it used to be huge with the CWA Auto Vans. I used to work for them. Worked a couple tours for them. And I would like when I first came to Germany it was 1998. Mm-hmm. I came over here. I did six weeks in Hanover. We did the same building every night for six weeks. Then I went home to Canada for three weeks. Came back and did five weeks in Bremen. Same situation. They had such a following that we could do every night in the same building for you know seven days a week for six weeks. Some some places did two months. Um, now it's more of a you know, a weekender thing. I used to go to England. I'd do two or three months at a time almost every day. And now it's changed where it's almost a weekender thing. But instead, there was less promotions then doing longer yeah. tours. Now it's more promotions doing weekends. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, if if everything's exploded bigger over in Europe as much as... Um, I, I think the interest has always been there. It's just now divided up amongst several other promotions. I think WWE going you know global with their product has helped a lot because it's it's helped and hindered because now everybody kind of wants to do a WWE product, whereas yeah. you know Europe had a unique style of its own, Mexico had a unique style of its own, Japan had a unique style of its own, um, and now the, the the lines are a little bit more blurred and you know you have you have less variety. I would say a lot of guys work kind of the same style all the time because they just they, they want to go to the big money company. I like the things are you know, global. I like that the WWE guys can come over here and do money in the bank. And apparently from what I read, it was the highest gate in the history of the company as far as a one night gate. Yeah, I don't know how, they, how money in the bank did better than a WrestleMania, but it did it apparently. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. AEW is going to do their biggest, most monster show at, at Wembley. Yeah. Like good for them. Good for them. And John Cena's um, teasing, you know, yeah, doing WrestleMania. Money in the bank about you know, wanting to bring mania to England as well. You know, England has mm-hmm. that fan base. England has always had a strong wrestling, yeah, um, wrestling fan base. But it does ebb and flow. Like when business was down in the states, WWE and WCW used to come over and do more stuff in in Europe. And then when things slow down in Europe, they you know put more focus back on the states. So it does ebb and flow worldwide. Mm-hmm. I like to see the business I, as long as WWE is doing well, everybody's doing well. So as long as WWE yeah. keeps up the product, I mean, that bloodline thing, to the best of my knowledge, has been the driving force in the business for the past, what, year, year and change? Mm-hmm. And I guess it's Th- done 1,300 well days or something like that. Well, I, I, apparently it's done really, really well for everybody. Yeah, it has. Because, it's I mean, splintered off many things, is, yeah. WWE's business is pretty good. And um, it, it's a trickle-down effect. That that brings interest to wrestling, and then people are like, well, gee whiz, I don't want to spend $300 on a ticket. Why don't I spend... 15 bucks and go to my local wrestling show where I'll see a guy who will, who might be on WWF one day or WWE one day. 
Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I like the fact that, you know, as long as WWE and I mean, if, if AEW can continue to grow, I mean, I've, I've listened to Jim Cornette's podcast because number one, he was instrumental in getting me in with WWF. Um, yeah. But also I just find it hilariously funny. And I know he craps all over AEW and I think, you know, any, any product you can crap on it or you can, you can find the positive. He just, he chooses to look at the negative, which is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, um, it's it's weird because you listen to keep growing. If they can keep growing and building, apparently the ratings aren't as high as they'd like. But I don't yeah. think they found that lightning in a bottle yet. You've got to find your major star. WWE mm-hmm. for years always ran on major stars. Hulk Hogan, all of a sudden everything was huge. Steve Austin, yeah. everything's huge. The Rock, everything's huge. Undertaker, everything's huge. Like the business is built on major stars, and I don't think AEW's found that. When AEW finds its big star that they can really market the hell out of. I think there's a good chance that they can really build their own business and not have to be, oh, the other WWE. They could be their own yeah. major league product right. without having to rely on the perception that people have of WWE. But I'm glad as long as business is up, I'm happy because it helps everybody. It's weird because you listen to Pritchard and I listen to Bischoff. So <laughs> we're, we're totally two different podcast listeners. Um but I I like the fact that I'm now hearing Eric Bischoff actually promote AEW in a good way. I think, you know, he's kind of coming around to it a little bit more. Um, he's had really good things to say about Collision. He's had uh, really good things to sort of say about the Canadian tours they're doing up there. Um, but from Scotland's side of things, what's kind of happened is that there's been so much drama in soccer that it's driven a lot of fans from soccer away. And I'm seeing them going into the wrestling side and I'm seeing a lot of females because I'm doing events and I'm doing all this kind of other stuff. And I'm literally driving every female reader, every female I can find towards the business, whether I'm using Joe as a sex symbol, as an example, or I'm using one of the other people I know as as an example, which by the way, Joe was the last when I say that I use him as a sex symbol, but you to women, as long as you're selling wrestling as something that is passion and sex and it's, you know, they can believe that there could be a romance between them and a wrestler, you'll drive the female audience right up. Um, and I think that's something that WWE and AEW is missing right now in regards to their female audience. They have the good looking guys. They just don't really know how to use them in their, I would say, in the right way. So I'll be interested. I keep an eye going on it. But yeah, I'll I'd be interested to see where it's going. And if it wasn't for the fact I have a very close group of friends, personal friends in my life that are more wrestling mad than I am, I probably wouldn't be as tuned in right now as I as I have been. I mean, this is the same group of friends that dragged me at TNA every time it came to Glasgow. Every single time. You know, so um yeah, I just I hope AEW doesn't turn out like TNA. Uh, that's that's my thing. I just hope they don't hit the same bumps as as they did. Right. Would you agree, Joe? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I think they've got a better, stronger financial stake in AEW than TNA did. They also have bigger scope. They're on major TV networks. TNA always kind of struggled. They they started pay per view and then they weekly pay per view, and then yeah. they you know moved Fox Sports and then uh, I can't remember maybe USA. I can't remember. They 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 jumped channels a lot whereas 
uh, AEW has a real in with the Turner people. So they're yeah. doing all, you know, several channels that they can work with. And, you know, I don't think Turner would have given them the third show. I think the Saturday night show is uh, if they didn't have commitment to the product. So I think they've got networks committing to them, whereas they, whereas TNA had to commit to networks and networks yeah. could kind of, you know, ah, we're fed up. Get out of here. Whereas T Turner is like, get over here. All right, let's fix it. Let's work. Let's move forward with it. So I think they've got d- definite better backing than TNA had. Yeah, definitely. I, I would I would agree with that. And I mean, I was a huge fan of TNA. I mean, I'd lost for for the longest time. I'd lost my love of wrestling, and then um, somebody sent me. I think it was when Raven debuted in TNA. Somebody sent me a link because everyone knew that my dance partner was Raven Mad, and mm. it was like the first time I started watching anything online as well. And the next thing I knew, like my dance partner was going crazy for this stuff, you know. So well, I, I ended up watching. Knowledge, to the best of my knowledge, uh, the two ch- last I read, and maybe it's changed by now, but yeah. the two champions in the company are uh, Chris Sabin's the X Division champion, and uh, Alex Shelley is the heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. Both are my students. Both are phenomenal talents, and I'm very very happy for them. And there, if somebody's listening here and aren't sure to watch TNA. If you watch just for those two guys, you'll be entertained. Yeah. I see when he told me that originally, because before I'd actually met Joe, I'd watched TNA Live, and they were always my favorite. And they were always like the ones that made it interesting for me because I would drag either my husband with me or I just, you know, my best friends would drag me. And they were the probably one of the few people I actually looked forward to seeing wrestle. Yeah. Like there was not. Yeah. Best team in business. To be honest, like I'm kind of sad because I never got to see Raven wrestle live. That, like, I would have loved to have seen him in TNA. I'll at least been there live because he's got. I I always kind of said this, and I, you know he knows this, but he's got this kind of draw power to him that you only feel if you are actually there in person. Mm-hmm. And I would have loved to have seen a storyline between him and Joe done just him and Joe. I think that would have been awesome. We did kind of a mini storyline. We did that. Ravens, yeah. Clockwork Orange, House of Fun match, whatever it was. It was the yeah, but you had a partner man, for that. It was a six-man cage with weapons in it. Yeah, and it was me, Kevin, and Abyss against him, Julio De Niro, and CM Punk. Yeah, that's right. And I did. And I you, think I did another singles match with them too. There, I worked Raven a million times. Yeah, but I'm just I've saying been, you guys are really entertaining to watch. I worked them in a AWR in Ireland. So and yeah, like you, you feel it when you're out there. When I'm out there working with him, when he comes through the curtain, there's a certain energy that the, that comes from the crowd. Like we have to pay attention to this guy. He has a certain yeah. star power. Yeah, he yeah. he definitely does. And I mean, I think that was by watching him, I was able to understand star power and like how to draw attention. And now every time I go to a signing, one of the, the things the organizers always say to me is the second you walk in the door is like, boom it's like you're a totally different person and that's just from all the years of watching him and sort of understanding performing as a kind of higher level and it was the same when I was dancing I walk in I would hit whatever whether it was my laugh or whether it was my jump off the date you know the staging areas or whatever everybody would just snap into attention and that's what made it really great and I 100% wouldn't have been the performer I became if I hadn't watched his stuff 
But no, I, I think I saw some of your stuff when you were in Russia. Remember your tour in Russia with Raven? Um, yeah, yeah, actually, I, I got him booked over there. Yeah, I like I love that that yeah. whole thing you did in, in Russia. I thought that was awesome. I saw some of that on YouTube, but it's disappeared. Is that on YouTube? Oh, okay. It was, yeah, it was. <laughs> But yeah, if anybody wants to see some absolutely amazing wrestling, they should try and find videos of Joe and Raven together. Because oh, honestly, the two of them are magic. All right. Um, where can our listeners follow you guys on social media? Joe's first. <laughs> um, let's see. On Twitter, Lord Joe E. Legend. Uh, because I am a Scottish lord. <laughs> I got that to be a nuisance. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's probably the one. And then there's a there's a bunch of Joey Legend ones on uh, Facebook. Facebook, one yeah. of which he runs, and the other one I run. So there, he's yeah. got his author page, and he's got his um, wrestling, wrestling page. Wrestling, yeah. yeah, and he has a website which he always forgets, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, JoeyLegend.com. And for me, I'm oh my gosh, I'm everywhere. So you can find me on Instagram at K Fleming. You can find me on Twitter at K underscore McCarrington. You can find me on TikTok at K Fleming. You can find me on the Book and Life podcast every Monday uh, on all platforms. You can, yeah, anywhere that social media exists, you can find me, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I talk to everybody well, I, and anybody. I accidentally got on Instagram, too. I don't know how it happened, but. It went yeah, you never post anything. I just I don't even pay attention to it. They um somebody sent me a link on Facebook for an Instagram video, and so I was like, okay, I clicked on it, and then it said, click here, click here, click this. Oh click that. no! And, was, <laughs> and then he ended up with a page, yeah, which he <laughs> never uses, yeah. which he's gonna have to use now that he's a back as an author. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I, I now that I think of it, I do have an Instagram one too. <laughs> yeah. More joy. Right. And we're planning to do a tour at some point. Um, Joe's just finalizing his schedule and then we'll be announcing hopefully some some uh, tag teaming up for signings and stuff so I don't look like an idiot standing there on my own. Right. Um, but I always wear Joe's shirt to all my signings and talks now. So yeah. Joe's there at least in spirit. There we go. There you go. <laughs> Crystal, Joe, thank you for doing the, this interview, taking the time out of your busy day. Um, check out uh, their book. It's coming out at, towards the end of August. So, 21st, August 21st. Right? August Just 21st. in time for AEW coming to London. There you go. All right. Uh, I'll be back and we'll be talking other wrestling stuff. So we'll be right back. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. And welcome back to That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. I want to thank Crystal Fleming and Joe E. Legend for taking the time out of their schedule to sit down and join me for an interview. Their book, Marie's World, comes out on August the 21st 
at pretty pretty much you can buy it at all online bookstores. Is it Maurice like uh, Miss and Maurice? Can you ask that? Uh, I don't know. You'll have to mm. you have to check info to see the book. So, mm. uh, the rest of the show, we're going to review Money in the Bank. Oh, there was a pay-per-view this week? There there was a pay-per-view. Mm. And it's almost like I watched it or something. Me too. And yeah. I'm going to give you guys my review of AEW Fight Forever. Yeah, and uh, I am also going to review that, funny enough. Ooh, very interesting. Ooh. I, I wonder if we will have the same things that we like and dislike. Always, always interesting yeah. to know. Uh, I played it on an Xbox Series S. Alright, and I played on the PlayStation 4. Nice. So there's our first disagreement. <laughs> yeah, should we take that first? Why not? Yeah, why not? Why the hell not? Okay, so yeah. real so real quick, uh, the game came out on June the 29th. It was released. Mm -hmm. I, sh long story short, I had to order it on Target, and I got it a day early in the mail. Yeah, and uh, my uh, story is super boring. I was thinking I was not going to buy it, and then I entered a competition and I won a copy of it. Nice! Yeah, so I got it for completely free. There you go! <laughs> Wait, uh, no, nothing is better than free, right? Exactly! Yeah. Although, my, although, as my fourth grade teacher once taught me, nothing in life is free. So remember that is that. true. So remember that. Okay. Um, let's talk about the positives of the mm -hmm. game because there are. Po I, I truly think there are positives to this game. I I think this game uh, is getting somewhat unfair criticizing and also somewhat fair. It it depends a little like what your expectations are. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think I think. Definitely one of my biggest problems that uh, I have with it was that, uh, like from a reviewer's point of view, I, I do think that like people's uh, maybe uh, not the impression. What uh, what do you call it? Like before it comes out, like trailer. Yeah, uh, no, like people's uh, expectations. There we go. Oh yeah, yeah, expectations. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, I think maybe it was a little too high, uh, and for this being their absolutely first game, I have to say I'm actually a little impressed. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much where I was going. Was I'm impressed with the game. Yeah. Um, I think it's too early, honestly, to say if it's going to end up being in the category of all-time wrestling video games or oh, no, not. No, no, not not by a long shot. It, it, it's it, too early. There, and it's also uh, too much wrong with it. Mm -hmm. uh, there are some, some things that are extremely annoying, but... Uh, uh, I will. I will say in general. I think it's a good game. I uh, do think that you should probably wait for a sale to uh, uh, 
buy it. I think the price is a little too high right now, but that's my personal opinion. Right. But uh, yeah, I would get it on like uh, thirty plus discount. I would right. say. Right. Um, one of the things that when it first came out, mm. that I saw a lot of people make the comparison to, and mm. after I played it, I totally agree with them. Was mm. it was like the No Mercy video game? Oh, definitely. And it reminded me it, very much of that. Yeah. So, it, it, I guess in a way, you know, that kind of gets points there. One of the things that I did like, because I played it for a while when I got the game, mm. was how easy it can be to achieve challenges. Oh, and yeah. uh, that's one of the things I like. And because, uh, like, because, like, the first, because they have like three different sets. You have your daily, mm. like your daily challenge, your weekly challenge, and then there's a mystery challenge, which right. I don't want to spoil because I want you guys to figure out what it is. Fro, I'll tell you off air what it is. Oh, I know. Oh, you are, oh, you already you already got it. Okay, <laughs> and then and then so it. so you get enough. But, yeah. So you get enough AEW money to go buy stuff. Mm -hmm. And what I did was I ended up buying different like attires, and they're right. so affordable. That's the yeah. thing. They're affordable. Um. I think one of my biggest, like, uh, I, I was very satisfied with how easy it was to learn. I think WWE 2K mm -hmm. uh, has a little too big learning curve. Mm -hmm. uh, too many prompts and too special, too many moves, to be honest. Uh, I like the simplicity of it. Uh, I will say that it also goes a little to the minus because it's a little skin deep. Uh, mm -hmm. And when I say that, uh, I mean uh, that uh, I don't think uh, the wrestlers have enough moves mm -hmm. to make them stand out uh, from each other. That is maybe my biggest gripe with, with the whole thing. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, um... I think the limited move sets is going to hurt them in, in the in the long, long run. run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I did notice some of the glitches in the game. Oh. Um, there are many. Yeah. For for me, the one, and this is kind of a funny story. So for me, the one that stood out the most, like a sore thumb. Mm. I tried my hand at the casino battle royale. <laughs> and you yeah, have I'm, now I know what fault you got because I got the same yeah so I, I first did the team one which is very yeah. unique and very fun mm -hmm. then I did the individual so I played as Brian Danielson mm -hmm. soon as I get in the ring one of the wrestlers hits their specialty move on me mm-hmm mm -hmm. I could not get my guy up the rest of the time. And as soon yeah. as the next person came out, they just grabbed me and threw me out. Yep. Same problem. 
And then the other glitch was when someone was getting thrown out. It was mm -hmm. as if they kind of like, it looks like they're being bounced like head first onto the rope and then being thrown out. It looks kind mm -hmm. of weird, but... Um, did you play mostly uh, the storyline or did you play mostly individual matches? I, I, I did the whole uh, I did the whole storyline thing. I have not done the story yet. Okay, so I, I will speak a little about that. Oh, I, I think that I think it works on some levels. There are many like cuts to things that actually happened in AEW history and things like that. I'm mm -hmm. very much like that. Uh, I do think it's a little bit weird that uh, since you're making your own kind of wrestler, that they are kind of breaking emergence by like showing that. Mm -hmm. Because it kind of like takes you out of the, the whole story. And uh, I think that's kind of weird. Uh, I think my also other than like the limited movesets, I think the uh, match variety is my biggest problem. Okay. Lack of match uh, variety. I am uh, very happy with uh, how many weapons there are because holy moly, there's a lot of weapons. Uh, it was very fun to throw bombs. <laughs> at people uh yeah um but uh yeah i think my biggest problems is variety and uh, the lack of uh also a creator the creator mo mode is terrible I, right I'm terrible well we'll have, I'll have to check that out i mean I, i'll take your word for it but we'll have to, I'll have to check it out when i get to it yeah. um now they did put out a video this week that the stadium stampede mode is going to be coming out soon yeah which i, I am I pumped for yeah i'm very happy about that yeah so that'll be like, fun they need more match variety right now there's uh six six type of matches. uh i have to i have to look back something like that yeah it's, it's just a little too little yeah but uh yeah uh, very, very fun to, uh, there's, uh, one thing that I thought was very fun, that was, uh, being a person and also having that person be the judge. I'm not going to spoil it, but okay. other than that, yeah, that was fun. Okay. Um, one other thing I do want to mention are mm. the mini games. Oh my God. Some of them are very fun they Some are of them are terrible um they have a pop quiz so you have yep. to you know it's like testing your aew knowledge mm -hmm. they also not have mm, not too hard they also have uh i think everyone's seen like the chip game it's so stupid i know but it's fun and then they got my personal favorite penta says yep that was the best. Oh. I agree. It, so basically, you have to. It's basically Simon says, except it's Penta says, and yeah. you have to do dances. Um, and then my second favorite for right now, because I haven't unlocked all the mini games, mm. is there's a Dark Order game. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Where 
the object is you have to put your mask on mm. a fan. And if the fan is wearing the color of your mask, then you get double the points. Mm -hmm. Which I thought, okay, that's actually a pretty cool idea. Yeah. I I I think I think the whole uh, the whole uh, especially the one with like uh, the chip one was stupid. But I think uh, how much did you play of the trivia game? Because I played some rounds and it looked like the variety of questions were not that good either. Uh, I only did one round. Okay. I did everything one time, so I'll probably okay. try you know more. Yeah, because it this looks weekend. like I got some more questions, like, over and over again. Mm-hmm. So, uh... Anyway. Overall, where, where would you put this? A thumbs up, a thumbs in the middle, or a thumbs down? Um, it's a weak thumbs up. Uh, but I, I will... I, I rate it on, like, from 1 to 10. Uh, mm -hmm. I will say it's, uh... Right now, it's a 6.5. I would say. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I would. I don't think that's too bad. No, not at all. I, I, I'd give it about a seven. Yeah. Um. Obviously, you know they're going to make improvements as time goes along. Right. Um. And I'm also, like I said, I'm very impressed that this is their first game. Yes. We 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 have to not forget that. Exactly. This is actually their first game. Yeah, so. that that is impressive. So, mm -hmm. all right, uh, we're gonna get into some quick news because there really isn't any like major news, but we do have a mm -hmm. couple of pieces of news to discuss. So, uh, let's start off with Matt Riddle. Uh, his girlfriend Misha Montana, who's an adult film star, announced. Yeah. That they are expecting their first child together. I saw some jokes about that online. The baby will be born in December. December. So it's kind of like, it's funny because it's like, she's pregnant, so Riddle's expecting another kid. Alexa mm -hmm. Bliss is pregnant. Their baby's going to be born in December, so... I guess they'll, their babies will be BFFs, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, I saw a lot of people joking online that it's probably not, not his because oh. of her. Right, her, uh, per, her profession, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Funny. Other, har, 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 har. Uh, har, har. In other news, Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, and Montez Ford will be representing WWE at the ESPY Awards next week. That's ESPN's uh, yearly sports award show. Mm -hmm. uh, if you would like to hear my rant on the ESPYs, go check out the latest episode of the JC and Bill Sportscast. And Let me guess, it's a bad thing. Mm, kinda. Okay. It depends on how you look at it. I have absolutely. No, I have never watched that space. Uh, you're not really missing much. <laughs> um, and, that was kind of my guess. <laughs> and and one 
And one final piece of news here. This just came across, uh, and Fro, this might pique your interest. Uh, mm. Steve Macklin is out of the tag match at Slammiversary. Ooh. It was announced today that Macklin will not be able to compete at Slammiversary. He oh, was no. he was scheduled to team with yeah. Bully Ray against PCO mm -hmm. and Scott Demore, but yeah. was injured last week during their tour of Australia while wrestling mm -hmm. Alex Shelley. Uh, at, at this time, yeah, never wrestle Alex Shelley. <laughs> at this time, there is no announcement of who the new partner could be or what the match is going to change now. So Sting coming back. It's <laughs> <laughs> <And> Sting! <laughs> the funny thing is that I'm sure he would have done it as well. He probably he would have. Yeah. Probably would have, but... Yeah. Alright. I mean, he is in the Hall of Fame, so... Yeah, he's he's in the Impact Hall of Fame, the WWE mm -hmm. Hall of Fame, the Observer mm -hmm. Hall of Fame. So yeah, he's in. He, he could do just about what anything. What happened to the Impact Hall of Fame? Huh? Um, when was their last inductee? I'm gonna look that up real oh, quick. Oh, two three years ago. I want to say. <laughs> oh, or some, some, and I remember I was like, that's stupid. <laughs> I think uh, it was like Chris Zero or something. Like who? Yeah, right, right. Uh, I think it was like on that level. Like, no joke. Okay, so their last inductee was mm. Raven. Raven, that's who it was. And yeah. it was, it was, and it was stupid. last year. Yeah. So. That is a terrible inductee to the Hall of Fame. Raven? Come on. Please don't sit there and say you like Raven. Please. Uh, oh, oh, no, I'm not. But, oh, my, but my argument mm -hmm. is going to be how big of a help he was in the early years. Of TNA? Sure. Yeah. That, that's my argument. I, I agree. That is, that's my argument. Doesn't that's... make him a good wrestler. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I would say it's probably one of the worst. Yes. But, yeah. All right. Anyway. So, anyway, we had a pay-per-view this past Saturday. Mm -hmm. Money in the Bank. Let's uh, see if it beats uh, AEW. Spoiler yeah. alert. No. So... Let's get into a few financial details mm -hmm. before this. Um, this show had a $3.6 million gate, which obliterated the previous record, which was WrestleMania 22. Yeah. Um, the SmackDown... There was also the largest gross ever for a SmackDown TV taping, and it yep. is likely to be a significant number. Uh, the merchandise gross also set a record for any WWE event in a non-stadium setup. Uh, it also broke the all-time gate record for England of $2.2 million. That was the previous record held by SummerSlam 92. So, uh, with that said, 
And I do have our fans polls, which we get to at the end. And I also have Meltzer's ratings. Let's dive into it. Money in the Bank 2023. And yeah. we start with the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Were you a little surprised that this was first? I was too. Yeah. But... Uh, didn't mind it though because holy moly, uh, uh, it wasn't the best. It wasn't the best of the money in the bank matches, and that's saying something because it was a pretty good one. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I was surprised that this went first. Uh, a very good match, I thought. Uh, uh, was happy that Logan Paul didn't win, <laughs> so. Uh, I I was pretty sure he was going to win, but uh, yeah, Damon Priest, uh, good winner, good match. Uh, holy moly, it's good to see an audience that cares about wrestling. Yeah, um, all all seven really put in the effort into this yeah. match. Um, yeah, and and like you said, this probably wasn't even the best of the two Money in the Bank matches. Um, the, the one thing that scared me was the bump that Logan Paul and Ricochet took through the yeah. table. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I thought Ricochet had broke it. Like the way he landed at first, I was like, he probably broke his neck, but fortunately yeah. didn't. Um, I liked the ending where everyone thought LA Knight was going to win it. Mm -hmm. And then here comes Damian Priest at like the last second and he suplexes him off the ladder, grabs the briefcase. He would have been my second or third choice to win this match. Mm. So I had no problem whatsoever with Priest winning it. Plus, it sets up an interesting scenario, which we do see later in the show. Mm. Um, so for this one, I gave it a B. Very strong opening match. Yeah, I gave it the B plus. Okay. Uh, Meltzer gave it four and a half stars. Nice. So we're all in about the same ballpark here. Alright, then we go to the women's tag team title match. Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey defending against Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan. We have to talk about this. Well... The ending is really good, but this match, oh, yeah. up until the ending, is yeah. we're going to beat up Liv. We're just going to beat up Liv. And it, was a, it, it was a match going into this. I, I thought, of, oh, okay, this will be okay, I guess. Uh, and I was so bored. I mean, they, they were in a tough position. I think any match that follows a Money in the Bank ladder match, I don't care if it's men's or women's, is going to mm -hmm. have a hard time to follow up and to have a good match. Yeah. They did here. Um, but then the ending. This came out of nowhere. And I mm. loved it. Because I this match would have gotten a worse grade had it not been for the ending. Uh, I'm not in love with it. I, I I understand it. It made me curious of what will happen forward. So the ending 
Rousey's in the ring alone with Morgan. Morgan is mm -hmm. basically dead to rights. Then mm -hmm. out of the blue, Shayna Baszler attacks Rousey. Just yeah. out of the blue. Leaves her. Deserts her. And Morgan and Rodriguez take advantage of it. One, two, three. We have new women's tag champs. Mm. And then... Baszler's promo on Monday pretty much solidifies why she did it, and it's like, mm -hmm. you know what? She has every right. <laughs> yep, definitely. Um, but uh, yeah, the rumors is that uh, uh, Rousey is going uh, against uh, Baszler. I don't, yeah, yeah, at SummerSlam, I believe. That is the rumors. Yep. Uh, this is my least favorite match of the night. I gave it a D. Uh, I gave it an F, and it is definitely my least favorite match, yeah. Okay. Uh, then we go to the Intercontinental title match, Matt Riddle challenging Gunther. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize how short this match was, um, but... For the time that they were given, I enjoyed this one. Mm. Probably because I'm a I'm a Gunther guy, mm -hmm. and when Riddle is put into a, a a match, a serious match, he can be good. Mm. He really can. Mm. It's just a good wrestling match for eight minutes. The turning point is at the end, Riddle kicks Gunther but hurts his foot that, you know, was hurt. And then Gunther puts on the submission hold to force Riddle to tap. Gunther retains the Intercontinental title. And then we get our first surprise. Drew McIntyre returns. I was shocked. Uh, I think the rumors going in was that uh, Randy Orton was going to return. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, everybody was thinking that. I am a uh, Yeah, and this was a good return. Yeah. And that's, I'm hoping it sets up for Gunther and Drew at SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. I think it has to. I hope so. Um, as far as the match, I gave it a B minus. Uh, I gave it a C plus. Okay, we're not that far apart. Nope. Meltzer gave it two and three quarter stars. Mm -hmm. Then the main event of Money in the Bank is next. <laughs> as Cody Rhodes faced Dominic Mysterio. And, and, and we say that because if, uh, for those that did it here last week's show. They had said on SmackDown that this was the main that's, event. This was going to go on last. Yes. Yeah. So that's why we made that joke. Uh, I don't know. It, it, this match kind of felt off to me. Mm -hmm. And then when Cody took off the, the cast, it was like, okay, this one's pretty much over. I mean, Dominic did get a couple moves in, but it really wasn't much. I agree. Uh, Cody won. I gave it a C. Uh, 
It's okay. Uh, I give it a C minus. Okay. Meltzer gave it three stars. Hmm. And then, surprise number two, John Cena comes out. Yeah, and more or less promise uh, the UK that uh, uh, WrestleMania will be there. Oh my God, that was so funny! I was like, I, when, so when he stupid. no, but here's the thing: when I watched it, I thought, mm. oh my God, Cena's here to announce that they're getting WrestleMania 41. I right. really thought that. So as this is going on. Grayson Waller comes out mm. because you know the guy that I kind of don't like. I, I I just can't stand the character. He comes out and he talks about they should have WrestleMania in Australia. This was funny though. No, I liked this part. And then he was like, "And you can be my guest on the Grayson Waller effect." For yeah. WrestleMania Australia! And then uh, Cena gave him the AA, and that was pretty much the segment. It was a fun, mm -hmm. it was a fun little segment there. I liked it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm not, not complaining at all. I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not the biggest Grayson Waller, Waller guy, but that was a fun little segment. Me neither. Then we have... The next, the women's Money in a Bank ladder match. Holy moly. I'm going to say this. This is my favorite women's uh, match uh, in uh, when it comes to Money in the Bank I oh, have ever seen. You know, you might have a good argument there. I, I, I do think I have a good argument. I actually just gave it... <coughs> Um, no, this is a fun match, and what I really liked was a few things, because it starts, because Trish and Zoe have an advantage for a bit, Bailey and Io have an advantage for a bit, mm. Zelina's not going down, Becky's not going down, mm. and then you get to the point where Zoe grabs, pardon me, a pair of handcuffs, yeah, and what she did with the handcuffs and, like, the storytelling oh, in this match was just absurdly good. It was! So, they are able to get one of the handcuffs off. But Becky won't let him get the second one. Yeah. And eventually, Becky eliminates Zoe and Trish from the picture. They, they She eliminates the both of them from this match. And then, the ladder gets set up... And at one time, Bailey knocks Eo off the ladder, and the the commentators are like, or no, Michael Cole's like, she did it on purpose. She did it on, you know, she's trying to win this match. She did it on purpose, and you know, like you really like, it, like they kind of make you think she did, but it didn't mm -hmm. look like she did. So it's kind of like maybe she did, maybe she didn't. I don't think she did. I don't, I don't. It didn't look like it. So then, oh, oh my, Fro, this ending has to be one of my favorite endings to a ladder match I think I've ever seen. Yeah. So 
Becky. Uh, like I said, it's probably like my favorite Latin match for women. I have for the women. I... So Becky and Bailey are climbing up the ladder. Hmm. Remember, Becky still is handcuffed to one hand. She uses the free handcuff, puts it in Bailey's mouth to get her to go down. So they're at an even, like they're at an even level, you know, playing field. All of a sudden, EO Sky comes out of nowhere, puts the other handcuff on Bailey, underneath, in between, you know, the 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 rungs of the ladder, and mm. they can't get out. They can't move. EO climbs up, grabs the briefcase. And wins. I love that ending. Yep. And yep. then the funniest part is, and you don't see it on the show, but there is a picture of it. Mm. EO is sitting on the top of the ladder, holding the money in the uh, money in the bank briefcase. Mm. Bailey is on the one side, smiling, because EO won. The match. Becky is on the other side with her tongue out. <laughs> it was very, very funny. Oh my god, it, it's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Um, honestly, I thought this was the better of the two ladder matches for this one. I gave it a B plus. Yeah, like I said, uh, it's probably my favorite women's uh, money bank match. I am actually going to give it an A. Mm. I liked it that much. Yeah, impressive. Uh, Meltzer gave it four stars. So now we go to the world title match: uh, Finn Balor challenging Seth Rollins. Um. So the whole, you know, the whole story is, you know, Finn's been waiting seven years for this opportunity. Mm. And they have a, you know, a, a decent back and forth match. But then Damian Priest comes out. He's got the briefcase in hand. Seth sees this. And Priest, he stands where, you know, the timekeeper is and all that. So it's like, is he going to cash in? He pulls up a chair and sits down. Then Finn gets the advantage, and he's going for the coup de grace. He has a chance to win this. And then Damian Priest starts to make his move towards the ring. Finn sees this, and he's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And this distracts Seth or Finn enough for Seth to come back, Seth hits the curb stomp, retains the title. And now you have a situation where Seth basically survived. He, he survived this mm -hmm. one. Finn may have had this match won had it not been for Priest. But now, you, but now you've got Priest with the contract. Yeah. You got two guys now that are in the mix for the world title. I think it's more interesting this way. To yeah. Be fair. 
Yeah. And that move is kind of what makes them going with Priest, I think, a better decision. I'm not saying, you know, if LA Knight had won it, it was a bad decision. I think it would have been a very good decision. Yeah. But now you have the intrigue of you got two guys in your own group who, you know, could win the world title. So, yeah. We'll have to see where it goes. <laughs> um, I'm just going to say that over and over again. Yeah. Uh, I gave it a B minus. Uh, it's definitely a B. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Meltzer, <laughs> Meltzer gave this three and a half stars. Okay. And then we go to the main event. The Bloodline Civil War... The Usos against Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. I'm going to say, first off, the fans mm. are fantastic. <laughs> yep. If you hate Roman Reigns, stand up. 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 And then part two, if you hate Roman Reigns, sit down. If you hate Roman Reigns, sit down. And then I found a third part. If you hate Roman Reigns, take off your shoe. If you hate Roman Reigns, take off your shoe. <laughs> See, this is why they need a WrestleMania. They just mm -hmm. do. I agree. Okay, so to this match, it, 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 it's a good story. It's, they have the, you know, Solo and Roman eventually get advantage, and they take Jay for a while, and then it goes on to Jimmy, and it's just a good back and forth match, you know, you got everything you want, at one point, they do a ref bump, and it looks like the ref may have been injured because he was grabbing his upper thigh, I don't know if you saw that. But no. it, it looks like it was an accident, you know, like okay. the way he fell. I, I have not heard a report yet of, um, you know, if the ref, you know, what kind of an injury, if he has an injury. He could have been selling it for all we know. Mm. So, you know, they're trying all their moves. Uh, the double Samoan Spike Spear could only get a two count. 1D, there's no referee. It's a good back-and-forth match. And then you get to the end. Sokoa is going to do a, you know the big splash on the Jimmy through the announce table. Jimmy rolls out of the way. Solo goes through the table. He's done. He's done. Jay comes back, and he hits a series of super kicks on the Roman Reigns. But Roman is able to come back with, you know, uh, the spear. But, as the referee, you know, is coming back to a census to make the count, Jay kicks out. But when we see the replay, Jay low-blowed Roman, which I did not see in, you know, when it happened. And they pointed out, like, this is what Roman did a few years ago. Mm -hmm. So now the Usos have the advantage, double super kicks, and then the big splash 
off the top rope by Jay. One, two, three. The Usos win. Jay pins Roman Reigns. Roman is pinned for the first time in three and a half years, and the crowd goes crazy. I uh, I uh, went pretty crazy myself. I have to say, I uh, I think I screamed so loudly that my neighbor got <laughs> a little concerned almost. But yeah, and I I think that was the right time to do it for Roman to get pinned. Cause, oh, definitely. Because he he didn't have a title on the line. That that's the big thing. He could be pinned and not lose the title, which happened here. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, and this is what I kind of said last week, this sets up for SummerSlam. This I I think this was so correct to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a short moment, and people went out of there very, very happy. Mm -hmm. uh, I was very, very happy. This is my favorite match of the night. I gave it an A minus. Oh, this is your favorite match. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, no, this is my second favorite uh, after the women's uh, match. Um. Hmm, what do I rate it, though? Uh, I will give it an A-. minus. Okay, so we're on the same boat there. Yeah. Um, Meltzer, for those who care, gave this four and a half stars. Okay. Which is, which is fair. I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't think it was a five-star match. And like we've said, sometimes Meltzer can overgrade or undergrade a match depending on what it is but you know uh so what did our facebook group think of this pay-per-view the majority of the people who voted gave this an a grade nice with a few giving it a b Um, I'm going to give this a high B. That's going to uh, be... Oh, definitely. Uh, it's definitely a B. Uh, I think it's almost an A. Yeah, like, I think if maybe one other match had gone, you know... Yeah. I, but, no, this is a really good show. Uh, as far as what our fans voted as their favorite match of the show... The majority of the people who voted said the tag match with Reigns and Solo against the Usos was their favorite match of the show, followed by the men's Money in the Bank ladder match and the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Mm. And actually, those three are my top three matches of this show. Oh, definitely. Mine as well. My, my order is just a little different. Uh, the tag match first, then the women's match, and then the men's. That's how I would have had it. But. Yeah, and I I, uh, I think I have it in order the audience up. Yeah. But, I mean, overall, you know, it was a, a pretty good show. 
Um, yeah. Uh, it had a hard time uh, measuring up to AEW. I knew that it couldn't do that, but uh, right. Molly, it really tried. But you know what they did, though? Because mm. you mentioned AEW. Now, they, being WWE, have mm -hmm. set the bar for what AEW has to do when they go to England at the end of August. Definitely. So that will be interesting I, to I, see. I, I, I just think that competition is good. Uh, I'm of the opinion, uh, weirdly, that I think this is a good thing. Yeah. I, I agree. And that's what we need. I mean, we saw it with Forbidden Door. We saw yeah. it with Money in the Bank. The next time we're going to get to see this is when AEW goes to England for All In. So Definitely. it'll be fun to see where this all goes. I can't wait. Same here. All right. Uh, Fro, what did you and Luke talk about on another Digital Citizen this week? Well, we talked a lot about cucumber news. Cucumber day. Cucumbering news. Mm -hmm. Or silly days, as it's also called. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wasn't about what that is all about. Hopefully it's not a pickle of a show. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, I did that. Uh, Alright, let's get uh, into our other plugs. If you guys have any questions or comments, send an email, wrestlingman at thewrestlingshow.com. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter, WrestlingShow11. Follow us on Instagram, That Wrestling Show. Join our Facebook group, That Wrestling Show fan group, where we have over 500 members in our group. Uh, now to plug our friends and other podcasts you guys check out, starting with our Vantage Point with Joe Murata and Michael Quinn. They have made it to December of 85 in the canon, so they are almost done with the 1985 year. They watch an episode of Championship Wrestling, so check that out. Uh, mm -hmm. Also, check out the Memphis Continental Wrestling cast with Luke Jennings as he watches another episode of Memphis Championship Wrestling and the Monday Night Project, where he's very close to getting ready to watch the 1994 Royal Rumble. So check that out on the Memphis Continental Wrestling cast. Uh, for non-wrestling-related podcasts, check out Escape from Vault Disney, where this week they watch Davy Crockett and the River Pirates. I have never seen that. Uh, I've never even heard of it. So. I know the song. David! Davey Crockett, king of the wild frontier. So check mm -hmm. that out on Escape from Vault Disney. I don't uh, think I have ever seen uh, 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 David Crockett's match. <laughs> or, or movie. Sorry. He, he would have been a hell of a wrestler, too. Uh, yeah, that would be fun. All right. Uh, question: What do you like on your pizza? Uh, anything but cucumber, almost. Okay. Well, this yeah. week on Acid Wash Memories, Joe and Michael discussed P. 
pizza and discussed pizza chains. So check that out mm -hmm. on Acid Washed Memories. Also, check out SMB, a South Park review, where this week the guys review the season 12 episode about last night. So check them out. Also, check out Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast, where I watch and review each and every South Park episode. This week, I review the season 20 episode, Fort Collins. This is the final episode before the 2016 election. And as I've been doing this season, I have been checking to see if it's as bad as I remember it being. So, <laughs> yeah, this is not a good season. Right. So you have to check that out. Also, another quick plug for the JC and Bill Sportscast, uh, where you guys can hear my rant on the ESPYs and who the recipient of the Arthur Ashe Courage Award is. So check that out. And who is that? Arthur like Arthur, Arthur yeah. Ash was a black tennis player who uh, uh, I believe he came out as being gay. I, I, I don't okay. remember. And he had cancer, I want to say. Okay. He was only 50 when he passed away. Oh. Okay. But he was a he, he was a very successful tennis player. Like what in the era was he was it in, in, in the Bjornborg area of uh, tennis or uh just a little bit before. Okay. Not that's my only and like that like uh, when it comes to male uh, tennis players he's probably one of the very very few I know of. Yeah, he was like a few years before Bjornborg. Okay. And Finally, check out Bill Learns Kingdom Hearts, where myself and Jim, we go through the Kingdom Hearts video games. We are still on Birth by Sleep, and we are going through it uh, very nicely, actually. Um, so check that out, Bill Learns Kingdom Hearts. Nice. All right, uh, next week... Um, well, I don't know about next week what we've got planned, but I'm sure we will have something to discuss between now and next I'm Saturday. going to guess it uh, has something to do with wrestling. That's a pretty good guess. I, I would yeah. bet money on that one. Yeah. So, on that note, everybody, have a good week, be safe, have fun, and come back next time for another episode of That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters and as always uh, gobble gobble yeah gobble gobble cucumbering